Welcome to the Dallas Film Podcast, the official podcast of the Dallas Film Commission. Throughout this podcast series, we'll take you behind the scenes, peeling back the curtain on the magic of filmmaking. We'll explore the creative process, delve into the art of storytelling, and celebrate the talented individuals who bring these visions to life. Roll sound. Sound speed. Roll camera. Camera speed. And action. So welcome to the Dallas Film Commission and Creative Industry Podcast. My name is Tony Armour. I am the Film Commissioner and Director of Creative Industries. And I'm Andrew Vella, the Project Specialist for the Dallas Film and Creative Industries Office. And so this episode is going to be kind of like a, a fun episode where we just talk yeah. about our favorite movies and things creatively that have inspired us over the years and why we like them and kind of do a little bit of a semi-deep dive into that. Deep dive into our lives. Yeah, well, I don't know about how to do that, but, you know. Yeah, well, the movies will reflect what was going on in our lives, so. That's that's actually a very good point. Yeah. You know, you find at different times in your lives, you like different things, yeah. especially, you know, age-wise, you know, whatever mm -hmm. age you are, um, and probably whatever moods you're feeling and everything. Oh, man, we, we might get deeper than I thought today. Yeah, you, yeah, because, yeah, that's true, especially with the mood thing, because, like, there are so many movies I have on my watch list that I always want to watch, but you got to wait for the perfect mood. Right. And even though I feel like I have major FOMO sometimes with some films, I'm like, I just think I, I'm as much as I want to watch this right now and just hit play and I have it accessible, ready to hit play. I want to wait till I'm in the right mood to watch this movie because it'll be a whole better experience. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that before where you're literally yeah. like, OK, I'm, I, this is on my list. I want to watch it and I'll start it. Mm -hmm. And then like two minutes in, I'm like, yeah, I can't watch this today. Yeah. My mood's not right. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm not into watching this. Like, I, you know, everybody has talked about The Northman. Like, what a good movie The Northman was. Oh, it's so good. And I and I have it, and I, like, started to watch it, and then I was just like, ah, I can't do it today. Yeah. You, you have to watch that movie when you're, like, a little on edge. Like, a li not upset, but just a little on edge because it's a very, like, angsty film, and there there's a lot of, ah, screaming. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's a great movie. I actually... I saw that twice in theaters and me and my dad have very similar tastes in films and then he, he came to visit me in Dallas when it was in theaters and he was like, Man, I wanna go watch that that Viking movie, the one that has all the screaming in the in the trailers and I was like, The Northman? And he was like, Yeah, I'm like, let's go. And we found the next screening at Alamo Draft House and we went and he he loved it. But that was like that's a good one. Yeah, that's that good. was a good one. Yeah, I just I hadn't I hadn't I, the when I was gonna start watching it, I was on a plane from somewhere. Yeah. And I had plenty of time, and I started watching it on the plane, and I was like, I can't watch this on the plane. Oh, that's, no. Like, that, this that's is, like a theater film, Yeah, too. this is not a plane movie. I'll wait till I have my 55-inch, you know, <laughs> widescreen wide at home to, yeah. to watch this on, because this is this is not a this yeah. is not a movie to watch on the plane. So so speaking of watching movies at home, do you, I, I personally, like, if I'm going to watch a movie at home, I have to wait till the sun has gone down. Like, if it's a movie I really want to watch, like, on top of the mood thing, I have to wait till the sun has gone down. I have a 5.1 speaker sound system, so I have, like, s speakers on the side of my ears. I have the bar, and I have the subwoofer. And if I'm going to watch a movie at home, I need to have popcorn. Like, I, it's going to be a theater experience. Because yeah, yeah, no. I am go to the theater before watching a movie at home, but if I'm in a circumstance where I'm going to watch it at home, it has to be a theater experience. Are you the same way? Yeah, no, I, I don't watch movies during the daytime. Yeah. Usually I'm busy during the day is part, yeah, of, is yeah, part yeah. of it, you know? Like yeah. if the sun is out, I'm either, you know, working or yeah. like I actually want to be outside enjoying myself. Yeah. You know, I that's why I grew up as a kid, uh, you know, like 
where the parents make you go outside yeah. to, do, to do stuff. You know, yeah. it shows yeah. my age uh, a little bit. We did play, <laughs> I, did, I did play a lot of video games, but at the same time, it's like I just like to be outside enjoying yeah. the weather yeah. and doing whatever. But then, like, it's kind of like, you know, after, and a lot of times it's like always, I can't think of the last time that I actually sat down and ate dinner, like, at my kitchen table. Yeah. Like, it's always in front of a movie or a TV show yep. that I'm that I'm watching, like, and that's when I start. That's when, like the start. Yeah, and I've got the big leather recliner, so it's like, yeah. you know, D- dinner on the tables is overrated. <laughs> it really is. You got to watch it with the TV on. <laughs> it's like, do we, do we have to have a conversation? <laughs> oh my god! It's 2023. <laughs> turn on the TV. <laughs> Just turn the TV on. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Speaking of, um, speaking of uh, how we grew up and watching films, um, talk to me about the earliest films that inspired your like film palette like what did you watch when you were young that started your journey in the movie world so you know my answers are obviously gonna be different than a lot of people but i grew up uh you know born in born in 1970 so i guess i'm old now um (laughs) but uh but so i grew up in the era of when television was three channels you know it was three channels and then the fourth uhf channel that you had to you know dial in to try and get it because it was fuzzy sometimes and you're playing mm. with the rabbit ears and then, <laughs> you know eventually getting you know cable when you know you're like 12 or 13 or something like that but it was still a different kind of experience and so I watched uh, as a kid growing up a lot of old westerns with my dad mm-hmm. um, awesome. you know so we had a real appreciation for the old you know John Wayne westerns nice. and Clint Eastwood you know the spaghetti mm-hmm. westerns and all that so really loved those love and then of course it was uh, you know, all of the uh, Asian karate martial arts films that, nice. you know, that mm-hmm. so kind of in that same, you know, I'm not going to call myself Robert Rodriguez by, by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but that, you know, influenced like a, like a Tarantino or Robert Rodriguez or a John Favreau because we, we all grew up in that same <clears throat> era of watching films. And so we're kind of all influenced mm-hmm. in, a, in similar ways there. So, you know, all those kinds of films. The old uh, universal horror films from, like, the 1930s and 40s, The Wolfman mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, Frankenstein yeah. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Absolutely love those. The 1941 Wolfman, Lon Chaney mm-hmm. Jr., still one of my favorite <clears throat> movies. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, love that, love that movie. That's so awesome. For me, I remember, because um, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. And so, for me, I remember being in in high school or like end of junior high going into high school and I had this one best friend and um like I don't remember like how early I started watching movies because obviously everyone watches movies but like that's when end of end of junior high going into high school is when I really started to like notice like man I'm like addicted to these things like (laughs) I'm always watching movies and um, throughout the summers, like especially like that's when it's like blockbuster season, yeah. obviously. So every Friday, him and I were at the movies like every single Friday, and then going like towards the end of high school, that's when I got like kind of a, or mid high school, I got into like international films, mm-hmm. and then I started noticing like the Cannes Film Festival logo on everything, and yeah. I'm like, what is this logo? And then I started like f- finding out what the film industry was, like the Cannes Film Festival and Venice and all of these things, and and then for me also the the main film that kind of like sparked my interest in the films was the Lord of the Rings. Sure, yeah. Like my whole family loves the Lord of the Rings, which is weird because it wasn't just me. Like my dad loves it, my dad's side of the family loves it, my mom loves it, my mom's side of the family. Like, everybody <laughs> just loves the Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, what? What? 
what? And then I watched them and I was like, now they're like literally my favorite movies ever. Like I love international films. I, I love um, contemporary films. I love like classics. Like I spend most of my time on the Criterion channel, which mm -hmm. is like a film, like it's like basically film school. Like everything yeah. you just described, like the universal monster movies, they literally have a collection on there called universal monster movies. Right. And it's like every single movie you just listed plus more is on there. And like, besides all of that, um, which I really love, the Lord of the Rings will always be like my number one that I will forever rewatch. And it's like, it's like those string of movies, the, the trilogy. It's like, once I started, I can't, I can't watch it like the first 30 minutes and then that's it for me. It's like, I have to sit right. and watch the whole thing and marathon at all. Like I can't start from the second or start from the third, not even start from the first, the very beginning and go all the way to the end. It's always a marathon for me. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's <laughs> interesting how like different eras are like that. So I mm. basically grew up like one of the Stranger Things kids, yeah. Mi minus <laughs> minus the alternate reality and the mo and the monsters. Yeah, but you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons and hopping yeah. on the bike and riding our bike to the movie theater and Love you know that. and watching watching movies and stuff and yeah. uh, you know whatever was coming out. I remember when Highlander came out and it was. You had, I think you had to be 17 or older because maybe it was rated R when mm -hmm. it came out. So having to sneak into Highlander when it was in the theaters <laughs> just, so, just so I could see that film because I was, I don't know, I, when did that come out? 85. So maybe I was, I was a couple of years too young. I was like 15 or something like that. Yeah. So sneaking into Highlander or seeing Back to the Future oh, in the theaters the or, you know, or, or Rocky Four, you know, like mm -hmm. when you're in high school and Rocky Four comes out and then like every guy on the high school football team is running around the high school like, yeah. you know, <laughs> kind of crazy from seeing Rocky Four, Top Gun, like yeah. that eight, that eight. 80s era of yeah. growing up like being between 10 and 19 years old through the mm -hmm. 1980s was just like the ultimate in peak popcorn Hollywood yeah film I agree I, I agree because even now like I feel like I don't know if it's like a, a COVID thing but there's I feel like there's just there's not a lot of popcorn movies now and the ones that do come out they don't resonate with the audience as much as I thought they would like pre-pandemic Besides Top Gun, like that was the one that saved the industry, literally yeah. saved the industry. Yeah. But even like the recent Harry Potter movies, I don't know if it's just because people were just so into the original films well, that they're, they're the new ones—they're just not as good. As yeah, it's never going to be as no. good, and the new Lord of the Rings films that are going to come out are not going to be as good as the old ones. Um, and yeah. I don't—and I don't think that's just like, you know nostalgia talking where you're yeah. like you're being nostalgic for something you saw when you were younger that you know had an impact in your life. I think that they're just literally not as yeah. good as as those films. Yeah. those films were. No. And you even look at like you know, you know the big big budget blockbuster movies that come out. Those are the only things that are driving people to the box office. And look at the Marvel films. Mm -hmm. You know the Marvel films. I think people are getting burned out. One hundred percent. You know they're, they're they're still going because it's like oh it's the new Marvel film I'll go see. But if you look at like. The box office for like Ant the Man, ratings. like the yeah. second week was like a nosedive. Like, yeah, people, and I think people are just kind of like, you know, not to go down that rabbit hole, but everyone still loves the original characters. Mm -hmm. You know, one hundred percent. You killed Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, you. Captain America's gone. Yeah, uh, you've made Thor into a joke. Yeah. and where's the Hulk? And yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Black Widow is dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hawkeye's retired. And so now you're going to give us the B team, you yeah. know, the secondary level of <laughs> and people are just kind of like, why do I want to watch these? You know? Yeah, I, I, I definitely notice uh, the, the bubble has kind of bursted and maybe they're trying to 
catch up with what people are how people are responding to these films now and i mean you see it with the number of disney plus shows that they're doing like the marvel ones which they've already said they're going to scale back because quote unquote to give them more time to resonate with the audience but yeah it's definitely not hitting like hitting audiences how how it did before no i mean there is just something about you know those those first films that first Mm -hmm. iron man and then that whole thing you know through the avengers and all that and it's hard to recapture that, you know. Yeah. Once you kind of <clears throat> burn an audience on just having too much of something, yeah. You know, that's why it's why Christmas is great. It's only once a year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like only if, once a year. If Christmas was every twenty fifth of every month, people would get over yeah. it, right? You wouldn't get excited about yeah. that particular or your birthday. Yeah. Good thing we only got one birthday a yeah. year because it makes it it makes it more interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, one hundred percent. So, have you seen anything recently that's really interested you? Any films, um, new, new and old? You know, I'm, it's I'm, I've been so. I know you're a busy, busy. guy. I have <laughs> been. I've I've neglected many things. I'm really, really wanting to see the Fablemans. I'll probably actually watch it this weekend. Yeah. Um, because I, I just haven't had time mm-hmm. had time to watch that. I'm trying to think what. Oh, I did. Um, go to the movies with a buddy of mine to see another new popcorn kind of film that's out that was a lot of fun. And it was the new Guy Ritchie film, oh. uh, Operation. Why am I blanking on the name? Yeah, um, yeah. I, know, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but the I, new, but the new, the new Guy Ritchie film was uh, a ton of fun. It was really cool. good. It was a very, you know, sort of James Bondian in a certain way, mm-hmm. but you know, Guy Ritchie gangstery in a certain yeah. way. Operation Fortune. Uh, Operation Fortune, right. Because yeah. um, Jason Statham's character in the name's last name is Fortune. Mm-hmm. So, but that one was that one was a lot of fun. So that was nice. not a, you know, heavy thinking foreign film or anything like that. It was just yeah. a fun a fun movie to go see. Yeah. So I liked that one a lot. No, and I think that's that's a cuz when I when I talk to my film friends and what you literally just said it, it's like you need sometimes you need um, that movie that kind of like refreshes your palate, whether it's like a, a big action movie or just like a comedy. Like sometimes I feel like I watched too much of one style of film. It's like okay, I need something just to break away, yeah, break break the palate. Um, yeah, you wanna you wanna mix it up and you know give yourself a little. Yeah, little, you don't wanna eat the same cereal every day either. Exactly, so, yeah. and you gotta change up the milk, right? You know, you know whatever, yeah, whatever. Something. Yeah. So you know, kind of going back a little bit when you um, you know we talked about you know, what movies getting started sort of inspired you. So, you mm-hmm. know, watching all of those as a kid growing up was was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then really a, a, there were a couple of couple of things. So ABC in like the 70s and 80s used to do like it was like the Friday night movie. Yeah. And I can't remember how often they would do it, but it was always they would always do a James Bond movie nice. like on a whatever Friday night was. Yeah, I, th- I feel like they would go on like a streak of this, like for a couple months they would do it, mm-hmm. and then it'd be something different or whatever. But it really became a thing when my friends and I would do sleepovers and we would get together nice. and and watch like whatever Bond movie was going to be was going to be on because you didn't have um, still sort of pre VHS and everything uh, before you could kind of go out and, and just get whatever you wanted get what you know to watch. Mm-hmm. And so just watching all of the Bond films from, you know, Dr. No and from Rush With Love and Goldfinger yeah. all the way through the Roger Moore films and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I remember being uh, like 13 years old and uh, Octopussy came out, you know, in 83 with Roger Moore and Never Say Never Again, 
the Sean Connery film, both came out in 1983, and like going to the theater like over and over yeah. and over again to watch those. But like the the first big one that like I was sitting in the theater and and watching it, and when it was done, it was like, that's what I want to do for a living. Was yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice. So you nice. know, seeing that, and that was just like still to this day like my favorite movie of all time like yeah. i can just watch that you know at any point in time it's just watching that yeah. movie and i'm like that's what i want to do nice know? and then i and i'm no i'm not alone in that um, a bazillion kids around the world mm. were inspired by you know star wars and raiders and yeah. george lucas and spielberg and what they've done over the years but yeah um so since talking touching on this genre of film um are you a fan of dune I like Dune. Yeah, you like Dune. I did, like I like the new movie too. You like? Did you did you so you watch the old one by with David Lynch? Yeah, for the nineteen eighty film. You, you know what was crazy is when I saw that film in the theaters when it came out in whatever yeah. year it was eighty four eighty five, and I wish I would to this day I wish I would have kept it. But when you went into the movie, they literally gave you like a little printed foldout oh. that explained who all the characters were and what the world was and everything yeah. that they literally had to give you because they knew this this, it was, this book it's was so dense. It was complicated. Like, so you could sit there and like study it like before the movie started yeah. kind of thing. And and I don't even, I don't know if it was just that theater that I went to that they did yeah. that or that was a thing they did on all theaters, but I can only imagine how cool it would be today to have that original thing from 1984 oh like where they that little handout yeah. that you got at the- Imagine how much money it's worth. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Like, does it even exist? We'll have to Google that. And, yeah, uh, that would be awesome if, to, to just to get a photo of that or something. There's probably something. Uh, yeah. On. See if we can in, in post. See if we can find it. Post, <laughs> post a picture of this. Uh, yeah, I will. I will. Well, that's funny that you say that because um, if you think about it now, like Alamo Drafthouse, like they show the the pre-screening. Like if you're gonna go watch Dune, they show you the history of Dune. Yeah. You, and it's not just because uh, number one, yes, it is a complicated film, but in the story, but. Um, it's just what it's just their brand now, mm-hmm. and that, that yeah, that's awesome. Which I actually really like. Now I've gotten really into if I'm going to watch a movie or a TV series or something, especially because TV series now there's so many of them, and you watch so many different yeah. ones. Like watching a channel like ScreenCraft or some of these others mm-hmm. that does like a recap of like everything you need to know about you know the Ant Man movie in 20 minutes as they yeah. lead, they lead up and they give you like <laughs> the 20. It's like oh yeah I forgot all that happened in these other movies yeah. before you go see you know the film so you have that yeah. and then after the movie like here are all the Easter eggs and all mm-hmm. the things that you missed and then watching it like when it's over you just watched it and then seeing like all yeah. the stuff that so I think that's a really kind of cool modern take on this yeah. that helps you i think it actually helps the films in that it helps you be more engaged in the film yeah and um i feel like my mind is so stuffed with information yeah. anymore that i almost need like a refresher to remind me of what i just watched and like the no. little behind the scenes things, yeah you know? no i agree and like going back to dune really quick like when that film was announced my, all of my friends had read the books and I was just excited by it because I knew of like of the world of Dune and I was like, okay, I told myself, I'm going to, I'm going to read the book before the film comes out. And it was like, they, they announced it and it was, it was, it was going to come out like a year and a half later. And I was like, okay, a year and a half, I can read this book in a year and a half. Let's, <laughs> let's go because it's so complicated. And, and I'm not a big reader, but I do read. And that was the first book that I took notes on because oh, really? it is like, complicated yeah. like if the movie was complicated like the book is like even more complicated and there's like 10 books in this in the in the dune series and we're getting a trilogy and it's all based off the first book yeah so that's how complicated it is like, yeah there's a lot there's a lot but yeah i i loved dune and i'm, I'm excited for what they're doing next with that 
You know, it's fun. It makes me think back, sort of reminiscing a little bit. So when I was when I was in high school, there was a friend of mine where uh, his mom had like recently got divorced, and so mm-hmm. she was always gone on the weekends, like I don't know, on dates or whatever. And so we, you know, we're like sixteen, seventeen. We had like free run of like the house, <laughs> doing whatever movie we wanted. night. <laughs> and so it was like every you know Friday, Saturday night, it was like movie night. And so yeah. the, the one guy would literally go to the video store and rent like a stack, like a giant stack of movies, and we'd be yeah. up till like four in the morning watching. Same. Stuff. And it, but it would be he would pick like. This was the era of just make anything and put it out on video because video stores needed as kind of like streaming where they yeah. just needed as much content as possible. Yeah. And so they're cranking out all these like crazy, weird action movies and horror movies and things like that. Yeah. So like Evil Dead 2 was one of those where we watched this thing I don't know how many times. And yeah. anytime somebody new would kind of like come into our little friend group. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, have you seen Evil Dead 2? And they'd be like, no. We'd be like, it's time to watch Evil Dead 2. <laughs> Everybody would get together and watch Evil Dead 2. And That's then just so. uh, this ridiculous, you know, watching any crazy, you know, weird thing you can just find on a video shelf that mm-hmm. had a strange title, basically. Nice. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like in that same boat in that we would we would do like the sleepover thing. And um, my my house or my, my, my mom's house was like the cool house. Like everybody yeah. wanted to come and hang out there because – they were, they were leaning in like the amount of friends we could have over and it was, it was always like not a party because I wasn't cool enough to have, throw parties but it was always a movie party like right. watching movies like watching Lord of the Rings the Star Wars films and like making a marathon out of it it was yeah. that was the thing yeah yeah and it kind of it, it progressed into into the into the 90s then with you know like Mystery Science Theater 3000 and just mm-hmm. you know kind of watching that so I'm gonna I'm gonna give a couple of random films that yeah. I'm gonna suggest for people to watch that they may yeah. have never heard of in their entire lives yeah. but, but are amazing do it one uh, the action film Stone Cold mm-hmm. from like 1991 starring Brian Bosworth okay like awesome like one of the best like trash action films like, <laughs> ever made it's, it's tremendous um two hell comes to Frogtown. hell comes to frog starring rowdy roddy piper uh you know the former wrestler who was yeah. also who was also yeah. in they live which they live like amazing one of yeah. like just a great film from that same that same kind of era um but hell comes to Frogtown. it's great it's literally yeah. like post-apocalyptic uh time period where um, all men on the planet planet are basically infertile due to like nuclear fallout. Yeah. Except for Rowdy Rowdy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And you've got like these mutant frog people, hence the yeah. frog town, and oh, it's it's amazingly ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> and there's a there's another actor um, that did a ton of these uh, B straight to video action movies named Tim Thomerson. Yeah. And he uh, did this movie called. Doll man, and Doll he, man. he's basically like a uh, a cop yeah. from the future, but in a sort of a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. And he somehow gets—I'm trying to remember exactly the movie. Somehow gets like transported into our universe because he's yeah. chase, chasing like a criminal. But uh-huh. when he but he when he comes through from one universe to the next, he's only like 12 inches tall. <laughs> so it's like this 12 inch tall cop with the uh with like the trench coat and like the gun and everything from like yeah. the future but he's only 12 inches tall like <laughs> chasing down this criminal through time kind of thing yeah it's called, and this doll man it's doll man amazing well you know what this reminds me of um the texas theater in dallas every tuesday they have tuesday night trash yeah. and they show all of these kinds of movies That's that amazing. you're describing and it's always like you know like 
monkeys from outer space that come and invade <laughs> New York City or like the aliens that come and team up with the bears to take over a village like those kinds of movies like the yeah. ones you're describing right now every night on a, on Tuesday and it's free Tuesday night trash at the Texas Theater great place I'm, to be yeah, I'm gonna have to start going there on Tuesday nights yeah it, it's I think that I think that's your second home I just yeah, thought <laughs> no because those those are just those are so much fun they're yeah. you know it's like they're so bad that they're good yeah kind of kind of thing uh, I love that you know yeah. like the old Ed Wood movies um, uh -huh. you know just yeah amazing garbage but it's, it's yeah a lot yeah. of fun to watch yeah well now like as you're talking I'm thinking of like my movie journey and it and when I was younger I feel like my as I've gotten older that sounds weird <laughs> to say um my like soul has gotten older because when i was younger i was watching like big popcorn movies or you know star wars lord of the rings like i just mentioned but as i've gotten older i've gone older in my movie taste yeah. too because like instead of like i feel like sometimes i would rather watch like this random like 1960s film from germany than go and watch the recent horror film at amc and so, like, if that makes sense, like, my movie taste has, has, like, gone backwards. No, I think it makes perfect sense because, you know, once you when you reach a point where you've watched, like, a million superhero movies and all these other kind of movies, like, I, I don't remember which movie it was I was watching. Uh, maybe it was Superman versus Batman or something like that. Yeah. Maybe not that one. <clears throat> one, of, one of those or something. Yeah. I remember sitting there and, like, the action scene at the end of the film was so long, I was getting bored. Yeah. I was like... When are they? When is this going to be over? Like, how long can you draw on this action yeah. scene? And the like, buildings are collapsing. The entire city is being destroyed. And like, how many millions of people are they killing in yeah. this movie? Yeah, and, you know. And I just I, and and it's I think it's reflected a lot a lot of times in you know you see like older audiences are typically the ones who go to the movies more than younger yeah. audiences. And I think part of that is the fact that they grew up going to movies, mm -hmm. um, but. Also, a lot of the films that are successful outside of your big popcorn films are more serious dramas or mm -hmm. like serious subject matter that, yeah. you know, that focuses on character instead of, you know, just yeah. blow, blowing things up blowing and things having up. Yeah. Know, crazy special effects. Well, yeah, 100% I agree with you because I feel like now, not now, like, especially like maybe like, I don't know, the last five, seven years, I've noticed that I re I've really wanted to, what what my where my movie taste has shifted is is watching something that is kind of like reflective of maybe like culture or society at a certain time. So mm -hmm. not necessarily like I'm going to watch a movie that just released in 2023 about something that's happening in 2023. Right. No, like I'm watching something from like 1940 that came out in 1946 and it was about World War II. Like as as the war just ended or, yeah. or being filmed during the war in secret, like like Rome Open City, for example. Something yeah, like yeah, that. different different perspectives from different time periods and just yeah. approaches towards, you know, men and women and race mm -hmm. and culture and all that kind of stuff. And it is interesting to watch some of those films. Some of those films obviously would not get made today. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. It's not like, I mean, it was made in the time period that it was, yeah. it was made in. Like, I love watching the old... Uh, you know, film noir detective films yeah. from, you know, black and Me white too. films from, from back, you know, in the 40s and everything. Yeah. Um, and then so, and so interestingly, I'll go on a slight film noir tangent. Mm -hmm. in interesting, interestingly, about film noir, film noir with the, the femme fatale character and everything mm -hmm. was a little bit of a direct response to World War II and post-World War II women um, really doing more in the workforce. And yeah. then when the men came back from World War II, not wanting to leave the workforce and being more empowered. Mm -hmm. And so the filmmakers at that time 
you know, kind of portraying sort of these like evil women in a negative light uh, as yeah. the film fatales as a little bit of an unconscious response to, um, you know, more women being you know sort of involved mm-hmm. in society and the workforce and not just being the homemaker yeah. kind of thing. So really interesting. Um, you mm-hmm. know, like from a historical perspective, when you think when you think of like when films are made and what was happening in society yeah. at those times when when films are being made. No, I, yeah, that that that's good to know. And for the listeners out there, you might think, how does how does Tony know this? Well, he's all, he also used to be a, or is still a professor. Well, oh, I, adju- I, adjunct professor, not right adju- now, adju- adjunct, at right? the moment. Yeah, adjunct, I, adjunct professor. Yeah, so yeah, so I have an MFA in film and television. Yeah. Um, in addition to being in the industry for twenty years and making mm-hmm. movies and film commission and all that, and so I've taught film. And I always, I had one student. I was doing like a like a history of film kind of class thing. My kind of class. And I would mm-hmm. go through like through like different eras and different subjects. And I, yeah. And at one point, somebody said, um, "Are we ever going to watch something in color?" <laughs> Like just show, just showing black and white movies, failed. <laughs> and I was like, not with that attitude. No. It's like we might watch nothing but black and white the rest yeah. of the semester. Oh my gosh, I love that. And that also reminds me, um, when I was in college, the the course that I took that turned me on to these kinds of films that we're talking about was like a cultures through history. Mm-hmm. So you watched the first film ever made um, a trip to the moon yeah and then you went from there and you learned about like louise maye and then you learned about films that came up in eastern europe and how it shifted to like asia and how that came to america and like what everything like the gold rush and in california did for the film industry and how that popped up so yeah and i I can you know jacksonville florida was almost hollywood how how different would it have been if jacksonville would have been like what ended up being the uh like the epicenter of yeah. the industry instead of California. That that was, and and another uh, well, I was gonna say in another multiverse. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's that's an alternate reality where Jacksonville is is yeah. Hollywood. Well, basically. I'm sure Quentin Tarantino will make a film about it at some point. At some point, <laughs> you know, it's actually somebody told me this yesterday as well. I was at a a big dinner at South by with uh, with a bunch of people, and somebody said that Walt Disney almost bought a bunch of swampland outside of New Orleans to create Disney World instead of florida but yeah. something with like politicians or whatever didn't want to sell him all of the land uh-huh. and so think of how different florida would have been the last 50 years with no disney so you'd have no universal none of those theme parks nothing that orlando is and it was all outside new orleans instead what that area would be because of yeah it would be completely different I, I i would bet that florida would have half the population that it does if yeah. that hadn't been created and helped grow the entire state yeah i mean that would that would be that would be crazy. Yeah, the the world would be different, because I mean Hollywood impacts everything. Like Hollywood is Hollywood, but I mean there's there's studios everywhere, and so so many studios around the world like take inspiration from Hollywood and want to be this big thing. But yeah, I mean that would that would be that would be very definitely different. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because film television is really uh, a cultural export from the United States. Mm-hmm. Like it's really if you think about it. You know, there's oil and gas and wheat and beef and corn. I don't know whatever other stuff. Yeah. You know that that we export as the as the U.S. But mm-hmm. the largest and historically largest cultural ex- or export in general for the United States has been cu- culture. Yeah. And you know, film, television, music, all of that, like number one, hands down. Yeah. You know, like if you travel somewhere, you're in Germany, and somebody and you say, "Hey, I'm the Dallas Film Commission." They say, "Dallas, a TV series." It yeah. was like 40 plus years ago yeah. and they still remember. I hear it every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they still remember like that show yeah. or like Miami, Miami Vice from yeah. 40 years ago. 
you know, really interesting just to think of how, um, you know, the culture that the U.S. exports has such an impact on their, not just the rest of the world, but the opinions that they think of, yeah, of, you know, of, of the country. Yeah. I, I was in Switzerland once because um, uh, I do like an annual snowboarding trip there every year. And we're Casual. Let's <laughs> <laughs> throw that, just a little slide that in, uh, just a little, you know, very bougie sounding, uh, my, my annual trip to Switzerland over yeah. there. Um, and uh, there was a Swiss guy who was me and a couple of buddies, and there was like a, a NFL football playoff game on mm-hmm. or something like that. It was like January, and my one buddy was like cheering loudly, and he was just like, oh, Americans. <laughs> and he's like, you don't even live in a real country. He's like, you yeah. are, he's like, it's all fake. There's nothing, there's nothing <laughs> real about what you it's do. It's a facade. <laughs> it's all a facade. Yeah, he was just like going, I went on this like long tangent, and was just like, what do you want, you want me to argue with you about it? I mean... Obviously, it's real. Yeah, <laughs> it exists, but you know, yeah. but that's you know, like a perception for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I yeah, I can get, I get that. Um, going back to what we were just talking about about culture and like films being representative of culture, what I've noticed recently is, and what I it's I know I noticed this with um, this year's Oscar nominations is like, I felt like five years ago we always saw like the Brad Pitts and the Leonardo DiCaprio's like and these big blockbuster films and these were like the drivers of the industry and now like ever since studios like A24 and Neon and these more like genre niche studios have popped up the culture has of film has shifted so much in that now I'm seeing like the A24 logo everywhere mm-hmm. more than the Warner Brothers logo and I'm seeing the neon logo pop up more than the Marvel logo and those are the films that are like excelling at the box office and with audiences more than the popcorn movies. Yeah, well the studios don't make the the small and the mid-budget movie anymore. Yeah. You know, like historically for, you know, even talking about like the sort of the era and the launch of the blockbuster in the 80s and through the 90s and even early, early 2000s, they still made those yeah. 5, 10, 20, 30 million dollar films, but they just don't make any of them anymore. Now they're just making yeah. $200 million films and mm-hmm. it's, it's just, you know, a, a formula thing. And so sort of that quality, not that it's not quality filmmaking, because obviously, yeah. you know, there's the technical skill is, you know, yeah. super high. But that you know character approach of stories that people really like, and so and that that's part of the, been part of the problem with the Oscars ratings over the last you know several years. How why they've been, and I don't mm-hmm. know what they were for the most recent Oscars, but why they've been declining every year is because general audiences that want to watch the Oscars want to see the movies that are the big movies. So mm-hmm. I would imagine you know because Top Gun was nominated, you know that that yeah. would have a big effect uh, for. Uh, for the Oscars for 2023 on, mm-hmm. on what the ratings were, even yeah. though it, it only won like best sound design or something was yeah. like the only award that, that it won. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty obvious, like, you know, before the Oscars even started, like everybody knew who was going to win everything. Yeah. So. And I think it's, it, it gets obvious when you have like the producers guild and the DGA, like those award shows and the BAFTAs, like who is going to actually win. Like, I think the last one before the Oscars every year is the, producers guild or screen actors guild yeah. but it's like the one the last one is like oh x and x is going to win because they won there and it's always like they went at the oscars because they won there yeah and you can and you just kind of well because it's the same people voting yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that, that's <laughs> exactly why yeah, it's the same people voting it's like the same people are voting for that one are probably going to vote yeah. for it again and in, in here so yeah yeah with the awards thing is it's uh i don't know it, it's 
in- interesting to say the least. But um, but yeah, like companies like A24 are the ones that are really putting out like some of the more unique content. And you know, the independent film world has just changed so much. Um, I had a conference call with a, a sales company, a sales agent on a particular film, um, mm. you know, a week or so ago. And he was saying that right now, 2023 is the worst that he's seen it in 40 years as far as what wow. um, what buyers are paying for independent films. And so it's driving the cost down, which then forces the budgets down even lower on films. And it's just like a weird a weird space because you've had all this consolidation with the major studios. And so they're, yeah. make, they're making less. And now everybody's, you know, Disney's cutting... Five point five billion out of the budget. Like those are those are dollar numbers that you hear the number, but it's it's just not even fathomable to realize yeah. how much money that like, is. Like, like how does the internal office change? Also, because they're cutting out the billions of dollars. Yeah. Like, what does the next day at work look like? Imagine being inside Disney <laughs> and like seeing the headline, like your company just cut out five point five billion dollars. Yeah. Like, so, what does your next day look like? Yeah. So you know something like Disney Plus that they had been you know making all of these shows that's part of the reason why they're saying well we're going to focus on story <laughs> and you know really character development. character development a little more and really spreading out our offerings well yeah because they cut five billion dollars from the budget yeah. so you can't make it because no one's going to pay for it yeah yeah and i is it true that i don't maybe i need to check my source on this but like disney plus only recently popped up overseas like no, in it's some it's territories. Been, it's been it probably in some territories, but uh, Disney Plus had a deal with uh, I think it's Hotstar in India, mm-hmm. and so like Disney Plus was being offered in India for like you know much cheaper than it was being offered in the U.S. through another gotcha. out, through another outlet kind of thing. Um, but yeah. I think they they once they build up Disney Plus, they were deciding to like drop that from from it um, mm-hmm. to basically make it more profitable because all these streaming services Disney Plus. HBO Max and stuff, they're losing money. They're losing. Yeah. They're losing like I don't know the exact number. Somebody can look it up, but a billion plus dollars a year on Insane. these services because, <clears throat> and and so it's funny because now it's circling back to what the old model was, which was we make the stuff and then we'll license it to other people, other services yeah. to pay for it instead of keeping it all ourselves. And so, you know, HBO Max is one of the first ones to start doing that when they brought their new. CEO David uh, Zaslav in, mm-hmm. he was like, we need to cut a lot of money. And how do we make more money? Oh, we're going to pull these off of, like Westworld, Ye- they're pulling off of yeah. HBO Max and literally licensing it to other... Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to Tubi. I, I saw recently where it's going. It's going to like, a like not like a Hulu or something. Yeah. It's like a Tubi or one of those, which is crazy. Um, yeah, the whole HBO Max thing... When that was happening, like I was on Twitter and people were like bashing HB, like, where are these movies going? Like, they're just randomly being deleted. And I was yeah. like, oh, imagine like making a movie and it goes to a streaming service and then they remove it. And it's like, where does it go now? Like, I, you're going to have the file on your laptop, but how do you get it back out there? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah and so that's why they're going to, they'll license it to other outlets and other mm-hmm. international outlets because when people are, so, you know, if you're only paying whatever your $7, $8, $15 a month for your yeah. HBO, and so that's, you know, when that money comes in, that's all you got to like, yeah. to pay for your, you know, streaming service or whatever. And so, but, yeah. oh, hey, if we license it to all these other things, it's basically the cable model. Like everybody was like, everybody got rid of cable yeah. and now it's all being packaged or put together in a way. So it's kind of cable again. So yeah. everything goes in those cycles, yeah. so just like fashions. Like I was, in, you know, in Austin for South by South recently and walking around and just seeing the clothes people are wearing. And I'm like... 
I feel like it's the year 2000 all over again because it looks like everybody's wearing stuff from like 2000, 2001, like that era of wardrobe yeah. kind of thing. So it, 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 I think we just went through like a, a mid 90s cycle and now yeah. it's, you know, it's so, it's, you know. Yeah. Uh, you just named up the really good film, Mid 90s, Jonah Hill's oh, first yeah. film. <laughs> if anyone has seen that, that is a great movie. I think it's another A24 film too. Yeah, that's A24 as well. Yeah, that yeah. was a great one. Um, I was just going to talk about something that I my mind just completely went blank. Well, we've, we've been was, all over the board on, topi been, on topics been, today. Yeah. Speaking of streaming services, uh, by the way, we love HBO. Um, Last of Us, we're a Game of Thrones people. We're the House of the Dragon. We're not bashing on HBO. We love HBO. <laughs> but um, what streaming services are you on? Well, so I actually canceled my HBO not too long oh, ago. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> but I will I will pick it back up when the next Game of Thrones, you know, House of Dragon or whatever comes back yeah. on. And then at that time, I'll catch up on, like, Last of Us and the other ones. But yeah. I was just paying for so many. I'm like, why am I paying for all these? Yeah. So I'll, like, so I was cut. I cut the HBO for a while. I still have Disney Plus because I paid it, you know, annual for a year. Amazon Prime because that's how Amazon gets you anyways. Like I initially got it to watch the stuff and now yeah. I just buy everything on Amazon yeah. Prime. And that's where they make the money. So they don't care if they're losing money because yeah. I'm, they're buying stuff and that's where, uh -huh. that's, where, that's where their cash comes from. Which, you know, that's what it is. I haven't done, uh, picked up uh, Paramount Plus <clears throat> yet, but I'll probably mm -hmm. do that soon because I do want to watch 1923 mm -hmm. and then, you know, there's a bunch of other, you know, the, the, the which filming in the DFW area, uh, Fort Worth, there it is, is. is the new Bass Reeves, the spinoff of 1883, yeah. which is about the first uh, black U.S. Marshal mm -hmm. in the United States. And so looking forward to that, but that's being filmed currently. So Yeah, uh, I'll have to up my... my um... My subscription once once the show drops yeah. and comes out. You gotta gotta support local, right? Yeah, gotta support your locals. Yeah, uh, and Netflix, of course. Um, mm -hmm. You know that's uh, and so I'm gonna tell everybody a hack, and I think I've told you this hack that I that I have. Okay, and here I, it is. And I mentioned to somebody the other day, and they're like, I I would have never, I'd have never thought of that. Mm -hmm. And it is Netflix DVDs. People yeah. are like, what? Netflix still does DVDs? Uh -huh. Yes, Netflix still does DVDs. Mm. And the trick is there are all these streaming services. And if you want to watch a movie or a TV show that are on all these streaming services, you have to pay for the streaming service. Or if you have Netflix DVD, for example, when I decided I wanted to watch all of the Yellowstone seasons that I hadn't watched, mm. I just ordered them on Netflix <clears> DVD. <throat> I didn't have to pay for wow. another I didn't have to pay for another <laughs> streaming service. They show up at my house. I watch you know, the first disc, send it back. A couple of days later, you get another one. And I was wa yeah. able to watch the entire uh, Yellowstone TV show wow. without having to pay for streaming service because it is available on DVD. Yeah. I did the same thing with 1883. We watched watched it all on on that. The Fablemans that I'm going to watch this weekend, I don't have to go on demand and pay for it. I got the, ne the Netflix DVD to watch it. And so we literally, by having Netflix... And by having the DVD portion, it enables you to watch this content that is on all these other streaming mm -hmm. services without paying for the other streaming services. Yeah. Because DVDs still exist. Yeah. There it is, guys. Yeah, <laughs> no, DVDs still exist. I'm a Blu-ray collector. So, I mean, yeah, 100%. I have a hack as well. Okay, let's hear Here it. Here we go. So, if you go to, because I'm have a, I have a Netflix subscriber, Prime subscriber, movie, and the Criterion channel. Those are my those are my four. I think I have Hulu. No, I I'm I'm like a who never mind. We'll we'll skip that part. Anyways, um, <laughs> so is, this is a non-Hulu. <laughs> there are great things on Hulu that I have there not are, seen, but I there are great I things. Just don't want to pay for another service. Yeah, there are great things on Hulu, and it's weird because like Hulu is like 
Like the movies that come out of there are, are very surprising. Like Caleb Landry Jones, he won Best Actor at the Cannes Film Festival last year for a film called Nitram. And I was like trying to f- find out where can I watch this movie? Like I can't find it anywhere. And it was on Hulu, like of all places. Like I would have never known to, to think that this film was on Hulu and there it was. So like they have some- I wonder some... if you can get it on Netflix DVD. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, so they have some <laughs> hidden gems. But um, so if you go to Amazon Prime, which I have a subscription to and- there's a so you can get the Shutter subscription, which yeah. is horror films for like eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine or something. But if you subscribe to Amazon Prime and subscribe to Shutter through there, you get it for like a dollar ninety nine. And but it also comes with that. It comes with the Sundance Now uh-huh. uh, channel, and it comes with IFC Films channel okay. for like an extra dollar ninety nine. So instead of paying for them individually, right. subscribe to them through Amazon Prime, and you get them all for like less than five bucks. That sounds like cable. Cable. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, it's great. I, I love it. Um, Shutter has some great films, too. Yeah. They have some great films. I saw recently, it was a Swedish horror film, and it was about these kids who noticed that they have superpowers, like te- telepathic powers, and they're secretly... It's The whole film is told from the perspective of kids, and they secretly go on this like journey through the woods, and they start fighting each other, but all using their telepathic powers and the adults don't know what they're doing because they the adults think it's just their imagination right right but they're they're like going at it like throwing trees at each other and like there's like and the, the parents don't know what they're doing like out in the woods every day and <laughs> oh, it is good yeah okay it's so good that's, that's good yeah. i'll check it out yeah there's yeah. a um a friend of mine stars in a a couple of films on uh, it's really more like almost an anthology series on shutter called scare package uh-huh. And so, a friend of mine, Jeremy King, who's an actor in Florida, he mm-hmm. uh, he's he actually it's interesting. He's done several films here in Texas with this group of filmmakers in oh. Texas that, that that liked him so much they keep flying him back and forth to do these movies yeah. in Texas. And and so he's done he did Scare Package, which they did uh, for Shutter, and it was super successful. And then they did a sequel to it, and so that sequel came <laughs> out. So check out uh, Scare Package. Nice people. People seem to like that. Scare Package. Okay, and it's on Shutter. You said. Yeah, I hope I got the streaming service right. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll we'll do a fact check at the I'm end. Pretty, but I'm pretty sure that it, that is correct. That's on Shutter, and it's called uh, it's called Scare, Scare Package. Good, good. Um, do you have any favorite directors besides like the Star Wars films or like the Lord of the Rings films that have really caught your eye recently? Or not, maybe not favorite, just directors that have caught your eye in the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you know, recently I rewatched uh, a whole bunch of the. Uh, Kira Kurosawa stuff. I mean, you know, it sounds very. I'd fist bump you, but you're a little far from me. It's, but, yeah. It sounds very prototypical, like no. film professory to say, go watch Akira Kurosawa. But, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, Throne can, of Blood is like my favorite Kurosawa. It's, film. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, if you watch, um, speaking of the, you know, because obviously George Lucas was hugely affected by Kurosawa, mm-hmm. um, that uh, watching, I wanted to sit down and rewatched. Uh, Mandalorian season two before third season, yeah. you know, started and watching the one episode with uh, Ahsoka, and I'm I like, know what you're about. I'm like, this is all Kurosawa, like yeah. literally, literally, it's like seven summer. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is the the way that it, the way that it's shot is Kurosawa. Like it was just like I was just nerding out just watching it, yeah. you know, watching Star Wars and then thinking of like you know the Japanese master, you know, uh, in and of itself. So anyways, yeah. Um, I know there are, yes, there are modern directors and stuff mm-hmm. that I like, but uh, I still fall back on the, yeah. the oldest well, movies. Speaking of Kurosawa, um, Ikiru was remade recently um, with Bill Nye, okay. and it's called Living. 
and it premiered at the in Texas. It premiered at the Lone Star Film Festival out there in Fort Worth. Nice. And he was nominated for Best Actor this that's year awesome. for that film. I haven't seen it. Yeah. But um, that's high on my list. But it's like one of those films. Going back to what we said earlier, it's like I need to watch it at the right time when I'm a little bit maybe a little bit sad, a little mellow. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's just there yeah. goes back to there's too much to watch. There's, so there's a lot to watch. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we wrap up here, mm-hmm. any any final words on favorite films or recommendations for people before uh, before we go. I would say check out this German director. His name is Christian Petzold. Okay. He hones in on World War II a lot in his films, but he's not making films about World War II. He's he's making character-driven stories that take place during World War II. Right. And he has a new film coming out in 2023 at the end of the year. Um, Check him out. He's right. one of my favorites Good. right now. Well, I can watch anything World War Two or in or yeah. that time period. I love love, uh, that. love films. Kind yeah. of set, any? Set. What about you? Any any last any last um, notes? One film that I really love, German film from 1997, Run Lola Run. Like, Run Lola Run. Yeah. Yeah. Just just such a fun, cool. Yeah. Love that movie. I don't know what it is about that. Um, but yeah, Run Lola Run. And you know what? Uh, actually, the. Uh, the most recent Clerks that Kevin Smith did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually I actually liked that one. You know, I, I hadn't liked maybe a lot of stuff that he had done recently, but I was like, yeah. I thought he did a good job with the final, kind of the final yeah. clerk, so it was good. Nice. Awesome. Well, for all our listeners out there, um, check us out at Dallas Film Commission on our Instagram. DM us your favorite movies. Maybe we'll give you a shout out. Yeah, we'll talk episode. about on uh, one of our episodes here as we just go down the, the nerd rabbit hole and talk about yeah. movies, movies that we love. We'll keep doing these. Yeah. These are fun. Thanks for joining <laughs> us and uh, listen to the next episode. Thanks for joining. And that wraps up another episode of the Dallas Film Commission podcast. We hope you enjoyed this behind the scenes journey. We'd like to express our gratitude to our incredible guests who shared their valuable insights and stories with us and all of you. Whether you're a budding filmmaker, an old pro, or a movie enthusiast, Dallas is a place where we make things happen. Be sure to visit the Dallas Film Commission's website for more information, resources, and opportunities to get involved in this thriving industry. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for more episodes filled with great guests, inspiring stories, and industry secrets. And cut. Cut.